good day. Welcome to Touch of God. This week, I will be bringing you part six of Looking at the End Times. My name is Catrice, and we'll be reading from the Amplified Classic version of the Bible for those of you who want to follow along. During these times, there can be so many distractions that keep us from being focused on what is needed to be fulfilled in our lives through Christ. Let's face it, there's always something to do. No shortage of distractions, but definitely a shortage of attention. If we could focus our attention on God and the things he wants from us, we would accomplish so much more. I was once walking in the mall with a family member. We were young adults at the time. I remember hearing them say that they needed to find a job or come into some kind of money because they wanted to buy something. Literally, as they were talking, they were so focused on thinking about money that they passed over a $20 bill on the ground. I mean, literally, as they said, I need money. Something made me look down and yes, under their feet was $20. I tried to get their attention, but they were not listening to me. They were so distracted, they missed the thing they actually were seeking and were caught up in complaining about their needs and missed the blessing. I don't know about you, but I don't want them to miss any blessings under my feet. What is pulling you away from the Lord's voice and his blessings for you? Is God blessing you, but you're missing it? During these end times, we do not want to be caught up in the things of this world. Let's look at 2 Timothy verse 2. No soldier, when in service, gets entangled in the enterprises of civilian life. His aim is to satisfy and please the one who enlisted him. And if anyone enters competitive games, he is not crowned unless he competes lawfully, fairly, according to the rules laid down. So God wants us to be in him and to work and to function and to operate according to the precepts that he's made for us in the Bible. Let's go to Colossians 3, verse 1 to 4. If then you have been raised with Christ to a new life, thus sharing his resurrection from the dead, aim at and seek the rich eternal treasures that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God and set your mind and keep them set on what is above the higher things, not on the things that are on the earth. So God's trying to tell us something. There's a reason why he wants us to stay focused and not caught up in the things that are of this world. So in this scripture, Colossians 3, verse 1 to 4, in verse 2, it says, and set your minds and keep them set on what is above. So how do we set our minds? How do we keep it set? So let's look at the definition of to set as a verb to put in a specified position or arrangement, to place, to put in into a specified state. So that's one definition. Now let's look at the definition of to focus as a verb, 
to cause light rays, for example, to converge on or toward a central point. Concentrate. To render an object or an image in clear outline or sharp detail by adjustment of one's vision or an optical device. Bring into focus. To adjust a lens, for example, to produce a clear image. To direct toward a particular point or purpose. To converge on or toward a central point of focus be focused. So all of this, if our minds are being set on the Lord, that when we start out our day, we have to focus and we have to purpose to give the day over to the Lord. How many of us know that's it's work? If we're honest, it's work because these end times are so set up with so many distractions that we have to purpose. We have to purpose to stay focused. How many of us wake up and instead of our day being prayed over, we just let things happen in our lives, but we've been given authority to command that day, to purpose our day to be focused in Christ. Now we're going to go back to Colossians 3, verse 3 to 4. For as far as this world is concerned, you have died and your new real life is hidden with Christ in God. So if we are to work for God, our focus should be on the things that matter to him. In our worldly jobs, they would never accept us talking on the phone, listening to music while working. How are standards lower for the one who died for us, but higher for those who did not die for us? We want to be pleasing to the Lord and at least do what we know he would want us to do. The Lord would want us to be holy and be righteous when representing him. In this next passage, Jesus is speaking about him and the Father's purpose in our lives. This is important because as we focus on the Lord, we need to know what we're doing. What is our purpose, right? So go with me to John 15, verse 4. I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. So this is Jesus speaking and Jesus is calling himself the true vine. And he's saying his father is the vine dresser. So let's look at the definition of what a vine is since Jesus is the vine. A vine can be the main support system of a plant. It is the main transporter of nutrients to a plant. And the definition of a vine dresser, a person who cultivates or prunes grape vines. Let's look up to prune. The prune definition is when you prune or prune a tree or bush, you cut off some of the branches so that it will grow better the next year. So. The vine dresser is pruning us and removing everything that's not supposed to be there so then we can grow better the next year. And Jesus, he's searching and he's bringing all the nutrients. The vine brings water and it brings food to the plant and it brings nutrients. And Jesus, wow, Jesus brings living water. So that's pretty interesting. So in John 15, We're going to go all the way through and I'm going to continue to read in verse two. Any branch in me that does not bear fruit, that stops bearing, he cuts away, trims off, takes away, and he cleanses and repeatedly prunes every branch that continues to bear fruit. 
to make it bear more and richer and more excellent fruit. So we just finished looking at what the vine dresser does. And now we get to read in John 15, verse 2, that the Lord continues to prune until we bear more and richer, excellent fruit. So go with me to John 15, verse 3. You are cleansed and pruned already because of the word which I have given you, the teachings I have discussed with you. Dwell in me and I will dwell in you. Live in me and I will live in you. Just as no branch can bear fruit of itself without abiding in, being vitally united to the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. So if we want to get something done and we want to advance the right way, we have to remain in Christ. So go with me to John 15, verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever lives in me and I in him bears much abundant fruit. However, apart from me, cut off from vital union with me, you can do nothing. Verse six, if a person does not dwell in me, he is thrown out like a broken off branch and withers. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire and they are burned. If you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you. Wow, and my words remain in you. And continue to live in your heart. Ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. So this is interesting because a while back we were reading that when we work for the Lord, we have to abide by the precepts, right? The rule books. So If someone wins a race, they won the race because they played fair and square and they're following the rules to achieve a certain goal. And here we're seeing in John 15 verse 7 that there are certain rules that we have to remain in the Lord and his word has to remain in us and in our hearts. So that's definitely something to think about during these end times when so much is going on and we can be distracted. We need to stay focused on the Lord, and we're seeing here what it means to be focused on the Lord. So what happens when you focus on the things of the Lord? Go with me to Philippians 4, verse 6. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite requests with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. In God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Verse 8, for the rest, brethren, Whatever is true, whatever is worthy of reverence and is honorable and seemingly whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious. If there is any virtue and excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on and weigh and take account of these things. Fix your minds on them. Practice what you have learned and 
received and heard and seen in me and model your way of living on it. And the God of peace, of untroubled, undisturbed well-being will be with you. I think I just, I would rather focus on the Lord. Look at the, the benefits, right? Look at the insurance plan God gives you. All right, so let's just move on to this next section. I have a story to tell you. So one time I went on a mission trip with the ministry. We got to minister to many adults in many places. Then we started visiting and praying for children. At first, we told the children of the Lord and how he wants them to have life abundantly. We told them of how Jesus died for our sins and rose again after three days. All of this while we are still in our sins. How gracious is our Lord. My friend suddenly felt that I should tell these teens about my testimony. The atmosphere shifted. As I looked around, the room was filled with young adults, but more teenagers. One girl starts weeping on the left-hand side of the room. Then another starts screaming on the right side of the room. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. One person starts holding themselves and quietly crying in the front. For a moment, there was silence. Then the girl in the back starts screaming. Wow. As I looked upon this long room packed with at least 200 or more young people, I knew God was there. I started to understand that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Every place that the Holy Spirit was, God was cleansing and bringing freedom. It was like I could see God. It was like watching a invisible person going from one person to another. The room broke out in a orchestra of noise. Wow, behold the beauty of the Lord. In the midst of it all, God said to me, look at some of them being so radically changed forever and touched. Some are praying and waiting in expectation as they believe and look and expect they are receiving because they have open hands and hearts. On the other hand, right next to a child who is so radically touched is someone on their phone. They are unaware that something is happening. While the Holy Spirit is present, they don't even know. Another child is talking to their friend, laughing. Another is writing something. Then the Lord said to me, this is what it will be like when I return. Some will be in a posture waiting for me and expecting me. Some will be distracted and not know that I was in the room at all. I thought to myself, how can this be? Someone so touched by the Lord and be sitting next to someone who did not even know when the Lord entered the room. We could be so close to the one who saves, who heals, who sets free, but miss it. Why? Because who the Lord is and stands for is not important enough to keep our focus in that moment. If we keep our minds on the things of the Lord, we will see all the signs around us that tell you he is near. Go with me to Matthew 24, verse 33 to 42. So also when you see these signs all taken together coming to pass, you may know of a surety that he is near at the very doors. 
So this is talking about Jesus being near and returning. Truly, I tell you, this is verse 34. Truly, I tell you, this generation, the whole multitude of people living at the same time in a definite given period will not pass away till all these things taken together take place. Sky and earth will pass away, but my word will not pass away. But of that exact day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. As were the days of Noah, so will be the coming of the Son of Man. For just as in those days before the flood, there were eating and drinking, men marrying, and women being given in marriage, until the very day when Noah went into the ark. And they did not know or understand until the flood came and swept them away so will be the coming of the Son of Man. At that time, two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Two women will be grinding at the handmill. One will be taken and one will be left. Watch therefore, given strict attention, be cautious and active, for you do not know in what kind of day whether a near or remote one, your Lord is coming. In these times, not being distracted away from God shall benefit you greatly. In Psalms 112, verse 7, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. This is the place where we want to be. Our hearts want to be fixed and trusting in the Lord. Let's just look at Psalms 91 and only a portion of Psalms 91. We're going to look at Psalms 91 verses 1 all the way to verse 9. The entire Psalms 91 is wonderful, but for sake of time, I'm only going to read a portion. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall remain stable and fixed under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God. On him, I lean and rely, and in him, I confidently trust. For then he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. Then he will cover you with pinions, and under his wings shall you trust and find refuge. His truth and his faithfulness are a shield and a buckler. You shall not be afraid of terror of the night, nor of the arrow, the evil plots, and the slanders of the wicked that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that stalks in darkness, nor of the destruction and sudden death that surprise and lay waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your side and ten thousand at your right hand, but... It shall not come near you. Only a spectator shall you be, yourself inaccessible in the secret place of the Most High, as you witness the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord your refuge and the Most High your dwelling place. There shall no evil befall you, nor any plague of calamity come near your tent. Go with me to Second Corinthians 4, verse 18. 
since we consider and look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen, for the things that are visible are temporal, brief and fleeting, but the things that are invisible are deathless and everlasting, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Second Corinthians 5-7. How interesting is our God. The things that are invisible, we need to keep our eye on. As I was on that mission trip, what I saw in the room was definitely a changing experience as you beheld the power of the Lord change people's lives. And it gave me revelation to, if I don't purpose to stay focused and to set my mind on things above, I can easily be caught up with the TV and the social media and and what episode of whatever is coming on and people getting their nails done and eyebrows and what is the new thing now and eyelashes and everything else that you can get caught up in who's wearing what and who's popular and just trying to go after finances. All the things that we think are just so important, but We need to focus on the Lord and the things of the Lord, because when we stay in that place, like in Philippians 4, that peace that surpasses all understanding will guard our heart and mind in Christ. And that's where I want to be during these times, because during these times, so many people, they're going through things, there's stress, there's anxiety, there's all these things just pulling them and they truly truly, truly just need that peace. When I think about just trying to work more or just trying to advance in life, however it is that I want to advance, what use is it to gain the world and to lose your soul? It's not worth it. If you're advancing forward, but the quality of life is not good, then you're not advancing forward because you're filled with stress and you're filled with all these things, but you could just be in Christ and be satisfied with what you have. And when he brings you more, he brings you more. But if he doesn't bring you more where you are, it's okay because you have that peace. And I don't want to be in a place that I'm seeking so many things that my blessing is under my feet. I'm missing out because I'm not focused on the things of the Lord when the Lord would have pointed me or my family member towards what was under our feet. God, I just thank you right now that we are focused. We are your people and we stay focused, God. And we wake up in the morning and we have a plan to walk through the day and to be executing the plans that you have for us and not the plans that the world has for us, God. I thank you, Lord, that as we go to work, Lord, that we uh, do not have stress. We don't have offenses and things built up on our shoulders, causing distractions and causing us to forget about the Lord until we're done work, God. But that every moment, Lord, is just pleasing unto the Lord, God. That the meditation of my heart and the words of my mouth is just pleasing unto the Lord as I just thank him for everything going throughout the day. Lord, help us to not forget to thank him for all the things that we have and all the things that we don't have. Lord, there's so many people that just didn't make it to today, but we are standing here to testify and to say we are here and we are standing, God. And I thank you, God, that more people will be standing, Lord, as we tell them about you and as we keep our minds on things above and not on things below. Lord, 
that you would help us to remove things from our homes and from our lives, people that are distractions, things that are distractions, activities that we do, that we engage in on a daily basis. How much of our time is going towards things that are just not of the Lord and how much of our time is going towards things that are of the Lord. Let us be focused and steadfast. Let us sit at your feet and gaze upon you, Lord. The Bible even said that the Holy Spirit is even still searching the things of God. And I just think if the Holy Spirit is still searching the things of God, then most assuredly, we need to be still searching the things of God. We're all still running the race. We're all still learning day by day. Our minds are being transformed and not conformed to this world. We are proving what is the good and perfect will of our Father. God, I just thank you, Lord, that we are living a purpose life, Lord, that we are just walking in you, claiming the things of you, not only by word of mouth, God, but in our hearts and in our actions. When no one is watching, Lord, that our eyes are on you, Lord, and that distractions are not built up so much on our mind that we're just missing it, Lord, that you come and you touch people all around us, Lord. But if we're distracted and we're on our phones, God, we can miss the mark. If we're talking to friends and it's just out of balance, We can miss you in that moment, Lord. May none of us miss you in that moment, God. We just thank you for your grace and mercy, Lord, to continue to walk in the things that you have for us, to continue to see and to hear what you want us to hear, Lord, to continue to represent you and to not get entangled in the affairs of life and the distractions. God, give us discernment, Lord, when someone is just draining and they're taking our time, Lord. Help us, Lord, to have discernment, to remove those things out of our lives, Lord, that are not to be there, that are not to take up the extra space, Lord, when we could be glorifying you, Lord. We could be thanking you, Lord. We could be singing your praises, God. We could be gaining wisdom and knowledge and understanding, Lord. We could be walking in more of you, Lord, because people perish because of lack of knowledge, Lord. May we continue to have the knowledge, Lord, and the strength, God. Your word says that your grace abounds in all things at all times so that we lacking in nothing can do every good work, God. You've given us ability. You've told us that whatsoever we ask in your name, you will do. And all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. We thank you, God. We thank you. Amen. All right. If you would like to become a partner, our website is tog.world, touchofgod.world. You can also submit a prayer request there, and you can also get in touch with us. We'd love to hear from you and tell us about your testimonies. So until next week, you have a blessed week. Amen.